Hi, good morning. It's uh, good to be here. I've uh, heard about uh, you all for a while and always wanted to visit, and uh, I'm glad I had the uh, opportunity. Wasn't sure I wanted to visit in this way, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but here I am nonetheless. Uh, um, I've been uh, serving as the president of uh, BOM for the last 13 months, and uh, um, I think that you're all familiar with uh, the BOM group, but our, our mission basically is to uh, develop and multiply Christ-centered cross-cultural uh, missionaries for Baltimore and beyond. So our real goal is to raise up leaders that will go and serve uh, all cultures and all peoples in, in the community. And uh, we work in various areas such as uh, biblical unity and racial reconciliation, uh, church renewal, uh, urban ministries, and um, as part of church renewal, Ronnie uh, reached out uh, to Pastor Stan, and uh, Stan's kind of mm -hmm. more than a friend to me. He was my college roommate, and I lived with him for the first year um, after we uh, got out of college, and we both decided we needed a break from each other, so we ended up getting married within six months. Not to each other, but uh, I was in his wedding, he was in mine, and uh, we've kept up, and, you know, Stan was my spiritual father, and, uh, and I basically imitated him, and until they had triplets, and then I decided the imitation was, <laughs> I was, I was done with imitation then, but, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Balm has been uh, a, a real exciting uh, part of my life, and I'm um, thrilled to be here, uh, you know, representing Balm, and uh, glad to be with you today. So, we're going to be looking at Jonah for the next three weeks, and in good Presbyterian fashion, I came up with three points. And it's hard for me to do, you know, to follow the Presbyterian uh, line all the time, but uh, I try to. But I, I did manage to get three points out of this one. So uh, the three points today are the, uh, um, the nature of the problem, the scope of the problem, and the solution to the problem. So we're going to be spending three weeks in the book of Jonah. It's going to be a, a real fast trip through Jonah land, but... Um, Hopefully you'll get a better understanding of the book. It's got a lot of relevancy to uh, today, and we'll go ahead and get started. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity uh, to be here. Thank you to be able to worship you on this beautiful Lord's Day. Speak through me that it would be your words and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've read Jonah 1. So what's the problem? What's going on um, in Jonah? Um, why, why do we have this book? Well, there's a, there's a series of problems. Uh, number one, uh, you have a city, a big city, that, whose wickedness is so bad that God had to intervene. That's Nineveh. Uh, you have a second, smaller problem. You have a, a, a boat full of people who need the Lord badly because they worship every god on the face of the planet except for the right one. Um, and then you have another problem. You have one of God's people, one of God's leaders, who has a serious problem with racism. Now, people might say, well, how do you know Jonah's racist? You know, well, uh, Jonah had no problem preaching to the people in the boat. Jonah had no problem preaching to people because he was a prophet, and if he were afraid to preach to people, he'd be out of a job. 
So Jonah's problem wasn't that he wasn't, he was a reluctant prophet. He wasn't a reluctant preacher. Boy, he, he jumped on the preaching bandwagon real quick when he got to preach on the boat. Now Jonah's problem was there was a group of people that he didn't want to preach to. There's a group of people that he'd rather see God judge than preach. So kind of let's, let's put this in today's context a little bit. Uh, Jonah lives down here in Maryland, and God says, Jonah, I want you to go up and preach to that evil city, New York City. And Jonah says, oh, no, God. They have guns in the streets, and, 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 and uh, they talk funny. And, and worst of all, they, they have the Yankees up there. <laughs> and I know that's devil worship. So I'm going to Disneyland. Disneyland, China, just so I get away from New York. Because that's really what he did here. Uh, the, you know, you read in the passage, and, you know, okay, so he's supposed to go to Nineveh, and he goes to Tarshish. What does that mean? Well, Nineveh was, uh, uh, we all know where uh, um, Israel is. Nineveh is up in Iraq. Tarshish is in what we know as modern-day Spain. Okay, that is truly the other way. That is truly, instead of going to New York City, going to Disneyland, China. That's going as far away as you can possibly be. And it's not an easy trip. Jonah just wasn't fleeing to the first place he could flee to. He was going as far away as he possibly could, at great expense, by the way, because it was no cheap trip to take a boat to Tarsus. So Jonah was... Uh, Fleeing from the Lord. And that word flee is a very accurate translation. He was, uh, you know, this just wasn't a I don't feel like running away type thing. It was a, uh, I'm going to get as far away from Nineveh as I possibly can. And so that's the, uh, that's the problem. You got three things going on here. You got an un unbelieving boat full of, uh, of people, and you got a prophet who has an issue with a certain people group. And then you have a city uh, of wickedness. So we take a look at the, uh, the scope of the problem. You know, how, how, bad, how bad is this problem? It's bad. There's a lot of wickedness going on in the world. But the wickedness of Nineveh got God's attention. Nineveh was a wicked city. It was full of sexual perversion, torture, idolatry, um, very perverse living. Uh, they were very cruel, and they were not very nice to believers. Uh, it was a large metropolitan city, and it was really the essence of uh, debauchery during that day. It was also a very influential city. And you got Jonah. Jonah is one of God's leaders. Israel and it was not, and, and Judah were not doing all that well during, during this time. They were kind of so-so walking with the Lord, not really. They'd get a good king, they'd get a bad king. Um, and they really weren't a nation on fire for the Lord by any stretch of the imagination. Jonah was one of the spiritual giants of the land. And yet, 
one of the main spiritual leaders of the land, one of the strong believers, one of the uh, few voices that would point people to the Lord had a big problem that uh, he didn't recognize that the gospel was for everybody. He had racial bias going on and big time. He did not want to go to the city. This is a big problem because when your leaders, when the people that uh, we look up to as, as Christians uh, start having sin cloud their lives and, and keep them from sharing the gospel, then we're in trouble. So this was a serious, serious problem that one of God's prophets, and there weren't a whole lot of them during that time, um, could not preach to a people group uh, because of, uh, of, of racial bias. And Jonah is, how appropriate Jonah is for uh, the time today because unfortunately we see a lot of parallels in our church today. And, uh, you know, some churches are so caught up in the race issue that they forget there's other sin out there. Some churches are so caught up in the issue of abortion and sexual promiscuity that they don't see the racial tension going on. And you look at Jonah and you see, what is God saying? God's saying, God's saying there's a huge problem here and I'm going to directly intervene to get involved with it. There's a race problem with my own people and I'm going to get involved with that. There is a problem with sexual promiscuity, homosexuality, and other sins running rampant in Nineveh, and I'm going to deal with that. And there's an unbelieving boat full of uh, people who are worshiping every god but the right one, and, and I'm going to deal with that. Jonah is a book that shows us that God is aware of all of the problems going on down, down here on earth, and and God wants to intervene in, in all of them, and that they're all important to him. One of the sad things I've seen in, uh, in Balm today is the disunity uh, among believers uh, that were fighting over you know, the, the importance of, of race and reconciliation, and we're fighting over, you know, one side says, well, all you care about is race. You, you don't, you know, look, look at the, the, the same-sex movement and the, uh, um, and the abortion is killing um, one million you know, babies a year, and the other side is, uh, and, and the, you know, and we're ignoring that, and, and another group of uh, Christians are basically ignoring the fact that uh, we have racial tension in the street, and that our, our black brothers and white brothers aren't getting along, and that um, Things are being done to people just because of the color um, of their skin or the fact that they have a disability um, or their ethnicity, ethn ethnicity, yeah, I have trouble with that word, but I can say it. Um, and the answer is God cares about both. And God wants us to address all these issues. One is not more important than the other. They're all priority one. And um, sometimes I think that, uh, you know, Satan's having a party because the church is too busy fighting over which is the most important issue to address instead of getting around to the business of preaching the gospel and saving the lost.
And, and, uh, and that's God's business here in Jonah. Because you see him working and, uh, and, and dealing with uh, all these problems in the book of Jonah. So we have Jonah. So how does God deal with these, uh, how does God deal with these issues? Well, first of all, Jonah tries to run, and with God, we all know you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, he tried his best. And I want you to think about Jonah, how unconvicted he was by his sin. He was able to get on this boat, head the total wrong way, pay lots of money to do it, and then go down in the basement there of the boat and sleep during a big heavy storm. Okay. Now, I can't help but thinking, you remember when Jesus was in, in the back of the boat in the storm and sleeping, but that's because he was God. And he knew what he was going to do. He was going to do a miracle. This is, this is very different. Uh, Jonah was sleeping the sleep of, uh, I'm rebelling and I don't care. But the rest of the ship cared and they woke him up. And, uh, and Jonah's response was immediate and very clear. Uh, this storm is because of me. He recognizes that uh, yeah, he, uh, he made a, a minor goof there. God was coming after him. And so he told the very, very surprised peop uh, other people in the boat to uh, throw him overboard. And that's what was going to stop the storm. Jonah knew that, uh, that he knew he was in trouble. He knew God was working. And uh, so what did God do? God always works in the big picture. A lot of times we don't recognize God working in the big picture, but God works in the big picture. Because he was dealing with a runaway prophet who decided that the Ninevites didn't deserve repentance and salvation. But yet he was dealing with a group of sailors that also needed to know him. Because at the end of the day, when you think about God's kingdom, if you change somebody's attitude on race and you get them to recognize there's a racial problem, but they don't know Jesus, then all you have done is gone from a racist unbeliever to a non-racist unbeliever. And if you repent from sexual sin only, and even if the world starts admitting that abortion is a heinous sin that uh, we need to address, and there's nothing else there, all you've done is gone from a pro-choice uh, unbeliever to a pro-life unbeliever. There's social change without a gospel change. It's not going to put you in any better place. And one of the things we say in, uh, in Balm, one of the things that we really focus teaching on is that we cannot have reconciliation of the races without reconciliation to Christ first. And, uh, and so God is looking at all these problems and saying, hey, we got these problems. We got this problem with Nineveh and their sexual corrupt uh, living. And we got this problem with Jonah. He's a racist. And he's not preaching the gospel to the people that need to hear it. But what I need to do 
God speaking is, I need to bring people to me. And that before um, true lasting change can happen, people need to repent. And, uh, and, and I come to him. So what does God do? Jonah recognizes his plight and he shares the gospel with the people in the boat. The people in the boat become believers. They pray to the God of the Hebrews. They pray to Yahweh. They acknowledge him as the one true God. They repent. They turn to him. And, and God has a, uh, a, a new boat full of, of young believers. And, and we rejoice because God has brought people uh, into his kingdom through the preaching of Jonah. Notice Jonah was not in a good place. He was running, he was repenting, but God still used him. And, and this is a great example. A lot of times we think, well, God can't use me. I'm, uh, I'm weak, I'm struggling. I have sin in my life. Well, so did Jonah, and yet God used him to bring a whole boat full of people into his kingdom because it's not our words and it's not uh, our power that saves. It's the power of the Holy Spirit and it's the power of God's word that saves. And God used a weak and frail and rebelling Jonah to bring a boat full of people into his kingdom. And so what else did God do? Uh, God said, uh, Jonah, you need a time out. Three days and three nights to be exact. And uh, in, the, in the Bonefish Hotel. All free food for what it's worth. <laughs> Central heating. Probably no air conditioning. But, uh, but Jonah got to, uh, got to spend uh, three days and three nights in uh, the, the, the belly of the big fish. And Nineveh? What happened to Nineveh? God, instead of sending a person to Nineveh um, who was uh, rebellious, Nineveh is going to get the gospel preached to them by someone who God is going to transform and going to work through, and they're going to hear the gospel. So the solution to the problem is that God is going to work. God is going to work in the racist individual to change his heart. God is going to work and prepare the hearts of the people who hear the gospel. God is going to work to accomplish his will. God is going to work to accomplish his plan. His solution is conversion, salvation, and revival. That's his solution to the wickedness of Nineveh. That's his solution to the racism of Jonah. And that's his solution to the unbelief and the pluralism of the people in the boat. He had three different people groups here, but the solution was the same. They need a personal relationship with the God of heaven. And so God starts working to bring these people to him. And uh, he fixes the problem in the boat, He's preparing the hearts of Nineveh, which we'll talk about in the next couple weeks. And he gives Jonah time to think about his plight and situation. And uh, 
we'll be talking about the prayer of Jonah next week, but I just want to give you some, some thoughts about Jonah, okay, of what he has to go through. You know, it's God will give him a second chance, but when Jonah comes out of that whale, he's going to need a shower real bad. By God's grace, he got dumped on the shore somewhere, so there's water, okay. Uh, you think about it. His clothes are probably in not real good of shape. You know, people might listen to his preaching just to, so that he can come and go and they can get fresh air because he's not going to smell real good. Uh, he just spent all his money um, paying for a, uh, a, a trip to Tarshish, which is way, way out west. So he's going to have no clothes, no provision, no money. You know, you, you, can't, take, you can't take much with you when you uh, spend three days and three nights in the whale. And even if you could, you probably don't want to use it when it comes out, okay? Sorry about the graphics, but, you know, he's not in, he's not in real condition. So he was a lot better off the first time God sent him to Nineveh than the second time. We'll see, we'll see when, when he goes off. Uh, but God gets his attention. And now, when Jonah goes to Nineveh, instead of going on his own credit, you know, with his money, and dependence on his own skill as an evangelist, he's going with nothing and uh, totally, totally dependent and reliant on the Lord's provision. We don't, we don't even know how he gets to Nineveh, but it's a lot longer trip now than it was when he first started. Uh, his shortcut didn't turn out too well. Uh, so, so God had to work through him. And, and meanwhile, you know, God is working in that city God cares about the cities. God cares about the, the mass populated place. That's why God was sending someone into, uh, into Nineveh to preach the gospel. So how does this affect our lives today? What is, what is God saying? There's a, there's a, a couple principles that we need to, uh, to take a look at. The first is that God works in the big picture. You know, God took several problems at once. He tied in a bunch of boat people, a boat, boat sailors, uh, a runaway racist reluctant prophet and a, a very rebellious city. And God brings them together in his big plan for repentance and salvation. Uh, the second is that uh, God does not like sin and, and will deal with it. And as believers, we need to get off the dime and start, stop arguing, you know, which is the worst and, uh, you know, what should, we, what should we be preaching against in our nation? Should we preach against uh, the racism that's going on or should we be preaching against uh, the sexual promiscuity that's going on and the abortion and, and, and the other sins? And, and God's answer is yes. God dealt with both, and that's one of the beauties of this book of Jonah, is God did not choose one over the other. He said, both are wrong, and you will perish in your sin unless you turn to me, regardless of what the sin is. And it's sad to see that uh, the church today in our country, um, unable to be unified, um, which is, uh, Satan, Satan must be having a party over that, because... That's one of the most effective ways he has of keeping the church from uh, getting his job done is disunifying the church. Because we all know in church history what happens when Satan decides to persecute the church. It just grows. 
He tried that in Acts a few times. It didn't work out too well. Um, but, uh, but when there's disunity from within the church, that's when the church stagnates. Even when you look at world history, you know, when the church in the communist countries and uh, in, in, in the Middle East, they try to persecute the church, it, um, it just grows. It goes underground, it grows. Um, the place where the church is the deadest, uh, Western Europe, you know that had that happened. The government, um, the the government started uh, protect. The government tried to help the church. Uh, in, in in England, you know, uh, there's an official religion, and so in, in schools in England, you get prayer and you get Bible teaching. But guess what? The government's doing it. And I'll just leave that to you to imagine how that's going, but not too well. And and that's why uh, that's why you you have a, a lot of. Uh, spiritual deadness, you know, in, uh, in, in, in Western Europe. Um, there's no persecution there. There's just an I don't care. The government allows, uh, quote-unquote, religion in the schools, and a, and a watered-down, powerless version of it is, is taught. And, uh, and, and that has been way more effective at crushing the church than any persecution has been. Um, the way to make a church the most ineffective is to have division and, and disunity from within. And Jonah challenges us that the goal, the purpose of our work as believers is salvation, as sharing the gospel of salvation, preaching the gospel, the whole, complete, entire gospel. Not trying to fight over which sin is more important, which sin needs more priority, but focusing on the fact that God is in the business of redeeming souls and we need to be his instruments. And uh, we saw this week about the, the problem. Uh, next week we'll, we'll, we'll see about, um, you know, how we go about this and we'll be looking at the, the prayer of Jonah and uh, the, the place of repentance and, uh, and, and, and praise and, and, and worship in that. But uh, as, we, as we consider the book of Jonah, my challenge to you is, what is your focus? Uh, is our focus on an individual group of sin or an indiv individual behaviors we see or the whole entire gospel? Are we concerned about changing somebody's political view or social view on a sin or are we interested in a uh, God inspired, God-powered conversion. Because we are uh, working toward social change in our nation, but social change will not happen without spiritual change. You cannot have reconciliation of the peoples without reconciliation to Christ first. And so our priority is a call to the gospel, to repentance and reconciliation to Christ. That's what Jonah is calling us to, and that's why it's such a relevant book for, for today. So we will uh, stop here and, uh, and pick up next week with, uh, with God's work of, uh, of redemption and, and salvation uh, in, in the book of Jonah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its power. Thank you for the message in Jonah. Thank you for...
you caring about all the people, the sailors in the boat, the great city of Nineveh, and your servant Jonah, and for actively being involved in each of their lives to bring them to you and to bring your work um, on earth um, to its fullness. We thank you. We praise you. We pray that we as believers, Lord, would focus on the work you've given us to go and make disciples of all nations, that that would be our priority and our unity call. In Jesus' name, amen.